Hello, Victory Outreach. Well, tonight we are here at our church, me, Brother Gary, and Brother Mark in the house, worshiping the Lord. The Holy Spirit is here. Uh, and I'd like to share a message with you for our Friday night service right there where you are. Uh, so uh, kick back, take your Bibles, open them up to the book of Psalm 46. I spoke on that Sunday morning. I'd like to talk a, a little bit about that again at the end of the, the chapter. And so open it up, take a look, and uh, let's uh, hear what God has to say to us tonight. God bless. God bless you. Uh, I'll be reading from the book of Psalm 46, verse 10. And it says, Be still and know that I am God. Father God, we pray this evening that you would speak to your people, that your spirit would go out into our communities, into our homes, into our hearts, and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, all throughout the Bible, there are descriptions of diseases and plagues that were unleashed on the world by God himself. The plagues of Egypt, just one example, out of which the pestilences that the Bible describes that went into the livestock and the boils that inflicted the Egyptians is an example of these pandemics that uh, the Bible describes in, in the pages of history. In fact, it was Amos in 410 who declared that what God was saying to the people then is that I send the plagues among you. God is saying, I send the plagues. In Ezekiel 14.21, the Lord said to Jerusalem that he has four dreadful judgments that he sends. One is the sword, another is famine, another are the wild beasts. Then he says, and the plague. God is saying, I send the plague. In fact, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 27, God says that among other things, the Lord will afflict you with the itch from which you cannot be cured. Now, I don't know what that is, but he says, I send the, the itch. Well, my point is simple tonight, that every mention in the Bible of a vast pandemic in Scripture was connected somehow to the wrath of God. Somehow it's a description of something God is doing. Now, many believe that the main reason for this perspective among the biblical writers is that their worldview was that God was responsible for everything. Everything that happened, God was doing. It was their perspective that they had this God-centered perspective that everything they saw was the center of God's will. Everything that they experienced was a part of God's will, regardless of what it was. They figured that if God allowed it, God must have caused it. And at the very least, if God caused it, of course, God permitted it. It was something God wanted to happen. Later in time, after the Age of Enlightenment, uh, people began to abandon this view that God was in control of everything or behind everything because science began to provide evidence that there are other causes to the things that we experience in life. And some of those uh, the, the examples that science gives were reasonable answers that people couldn't argue against. And so they had a reasonable answer as to why people get the itch or whatever it is, diseases that people develop. And today, people growing up in a society that 
promotes a bias against God and Scripture will believe that science is true before they believe God. And this includes Christians. They will believe science before they believe God. Now, I'm not saying that science and Scripture are enemies with one another. I believe the opposite, that God is the author of science, but God is the author of the Scripture. And science and Scripture agree wholeheartedly about God's earth. You know, science talks about God's earth, about nature and what is natural, but the Bible talks about what is supernatural. So the Bible begins where science ends. And so today, a preacher would be considered crazy to say, if a preacher were to say today that God is sending some kind of a pandemic. That would, be a, that would be crazy talk for someone to say that. They'd be called a fundamentalist or a fanatic. Although it was the worldview of biblical preachers to think that way. People don't think that way anymore. And the world would say that they are out of touch with reality. But God that we read about, the God that we know, says something that is very, uh, very unusual in Scripture. We know that God is for us, and God is doing something very special in our lives, and we know that God, in some way, is in control of all that's taking place. And that throughout the ages, the people of God consistently believed that God was not only uh, the source behind world events, but that God uses those events for his own glory and good. So right here, in the book of Psalm, verse 46 Chapter 46, verse 10, it says that when God says to be still, God is speaking to the enemy. Now that sounds strange because we've always used that verse to comfort one another. Be still and know that I am God. But God is speaking to the enemy here. He's speaking to the threat that's encroaching upon his people. And, and because these words, and if you read the, the chapter, and I encourage you to do that, when we read the chapter, we see that God is speaking to that threat that is facing Israel. I think when we hear these words, we're reminded of Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, where Moses was speaking to God's people, and he said, stand still and see the salvation of God. But here in this passage, God is rebuking the enemy. He's saying, be still. He, he's, he's saying, it's almost like he's saying, Cállate, you know, stop, be silent. He's letting the enemy know that it's time for you to stop. So he's saying, be still, stop, cease. Let the enemy who's been threatening you to threaten you no longer. To be still means to chill out, to relax to cease from your efforts. It, it's very similar to what Isaiah was saying in, in the book of Isaiah 37, verse, uh, chapter 37, verses 33 through 36, when the king of Assyria was attacking Israel, launched a, a major attack to destroy the nation completely. And it says this, it says the, that the Lord said, therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot his arrows here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, 
he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. And the Lord says, I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. And he goes on in verse 36. The Bible says that he destroyed the entire Assyrian camp. This is God's response to threat. This is God's response when the enemy comes, when the enemy makes threats, when the enemy comes and threatens his people, God says, be still and know that I am God. I will prove myself to the nations. And that's what this passage is all about. But although God is speaking to the enemy of God's people, here the command to be still, still it spills over and it becomes a promise for us as well, reminding us that there's no need for anxiety, reminding us that God himself invites his people to be calm and confident, whatever it is they're facing. It's almost as if God is saying what he says to the threat. When he, when he says, Kayate, he's saying, be still, be quiet. I, I'm, I'm with you. And he sides with us. And he comforts us and he dwells with us for the safety and the protection of God's people. That's unmistakable because God is with us and ever-present help. I read this past Sunday morning uh, from verse 1 of this, of this chapter. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. And in verse 2 it says, Therefore we will not fear though the earth give way. This is God's promise to us. In fact, he has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us, although disease may come up against us. You know, coronavirus may come against us. The itch, whatever it is you're facing tonight, right there where you are, God is saying, be still and know that I am God. We have no need to fear. Because the Lord of hosts is with us, shouting to the virus, shouting to whatever we face, to be still, be quiet, cease from the threats, cease from the chaos, because God is in complete control. So I want to say to you, Victory Outreach Inglewood, being still is a choice that you make. Being still is a choice that we have to be willing to make. Uh, you, you have to be willing to be still. Uh, willingness matters in stillness. It matters that we be willing, that God is inviting you to a place of peace when he says that you can be still and allow God to be God. We're often so anxious that we do what we think is best. We're so anxious sometimes that we want to do the right thing or the thing that we think is necessary, so much so that stillness becomes impossible for us sometimes. So tonight, let God have full control of your life. And right where you are right now, find a place to make an altar in your own heart, in your own life. Find a place for an altar to make space for you and God this evening and respond to God's word right where you are. Respond to his claim on your life. His promises to you, his command over the things that threaten you, his command over the things that threaten your family. When he says that, I will say, be still 
and know that I am God. Let him command peace over your circumstances. Let him command peace over every threat that comes in your household and among your family. God says in his word, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Father God, I pray for our members this evening. I pray, Father, for those who are uh, tuning in and, and checking out uh, our Friday night service on this evening. Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would comfort them, meet with them. Holy Spirit, that you would enter into that space right now where they are, and that you would have your way in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. I certainly hope and pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart tonight through this message. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Also, you can check us out on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can look it up. Uh, you'll see the address there on the screen. And also, you can check us out on voinglewood.org, our webpage. And uh, stay in tune for the latest updates. Thank you. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday morning.